Good morning. How y'all doing? <clears throat> Welcome to Trinidad. This is day five, my last day, and I'll catch the uh, two, 205, that's, at least that's the scheduled time for Greyhound, 205 at the Trinidad fuel stop. And then uh, supposed to get into Denver at 6.30, and then uh, that's if it's not late. Oftentimes it is late. And then uh, another hour or so up to uh, Boulder. Um, I'm anticipating 8 p.m. to be home, 8 p.m., but we'll see how that works. And uh, let's pray. <clears throat> Lord, I thank you that we can come out to the street for a few hours. We don't have to wait someplace. We can just come out and take whatever time that you've given us, even if it's only an hour or two hours, uh, we can serve in that hour or two hours or three, whatever it is, Lord, uh, we can serve. And uh, we don't need to have all day long. We don't need to make a special time. We can just be ready all the time. And uh, Lord, I'm ready. You've helped me get ready. And I thank you, Lord, that you've given me this opportunity to preach here and then also to preach up there at the fuel stop for a couple hours. So I'll be able to preach here for a couple hours and preach up there for a couple hours. I think that's fantastic, Lord. I don't need to sit into the sit in the truck stop waiting for the bus. I can just stand out in the corner with my banner waiting for the bus. Amen. I, I just love that, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, that I'm being an example to so many others out there who uh, maybe don't have a lot of time, but they can. you can show them how they can kind of slice up their day a little differently and use those slices of time to serve you. It's amazing. Just like in the restaurant, prayed for several people. It just was amazing. Again, once more time. It's amazing. And I thank you, Lord, and I just dedicate this sermon here uh, to you, Lord, and I praise you for allowing me to do this. In your holy name, Jesus, I humbly pray. Amen. All right. So let me set this down. The lady came over here, and uh, a lot of Catholics live here in Trinidad. Catholics has a very large influence here in Trinidad. And so I've had many people come up to me and give me the crucifixion and do all their different things that the Catholics do. I mean, they're, they're doing what they know to honor God and a servant of God, a minister of God. Uh, I don't judge them. I, you know, I pray for them is what I do. And uh, uh, it's okay. So I've got a couple of interesting news things to share real quick before I get into it. So... Uh, uh, Tom uh, runs a ride service here in Southern Colorado and that's the gentleman I'm staying with and he is busy I mean he works nearly half the night and then he comes home sleeps for a few hours and he's back on the road again like this morning at six o'clock I heard his car start up and take off and uh, he's busy all the time and so I left a note on the uh, uh, the uh, kitchen counter if he'd be willing to give me a ride up to uh, to uh, Trinidad Truck Stop. It's, you know, it's like three miles. It's too far to walk, and there really isn't any ride service. There's no, there's no Uber, there's no, ta there's no way to get up there. And a couple of people that I know here, I had forgotten to get their phone number. So this morning I was praying, Lord, I just don't want to, you know, I don't know what, he says, it's all right, John, I'm gonna take care of you. And so I thought, okay, Lord's gonna take care of me, and uh, uh, I'm gonna have to have, by, I'm gonna have to move by faith. And so I'm a little nervous because I'm not sure how to get there but I'm trusting in the Lord. And uh, do I gripe and complain and murmur? No, I just, I'm telling you the story that I'm dealing with, you know, I'm making sure my faith stays up. And so this morning, 
I'm over here at the coffee shop having my breakfast and uh, ministering to people, ministered to probably a half a dozen people, passed out several gospel tracts, uh, asked if somebody wanted prayer, and I laid hands on two other people. It was amazing. Uh, one gentleman started crying. And I'm going, I just touched you. As I was thinking, I just touched your shoulder and, and just was blessing you. Be blessed. And I just touched your shoulder. And he started crying. I don't, you know, I don't understand what God does in people's hearts and minds. I don't feel anything. I don't sense anything. I'm just being me. But uh, anyway, so the phone rang. I mean, it was on silence. And uh, I looked at I, I didn't see it because I was not at my table at that time because I'm around the restaurant talking to people. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, so I went back to my table and the phone had rung. And I looked at the message and it was a gentleman from Montana. He and his wife from Montana. He says, I saw you on your YouTube channel that you're in Trinidad. And uh, I uh, wanted to reach out to you because we wanted to meet you in Boulder, but we don't know how far Boulder is from Aspen because they're going over eastern Colorado, western, Col western Colorado where Aspen is. And, uh, and, uh, And so I called Josh back, and uh, so he's going to come down here and minister with me for a couple hours. And uh, he's traveling through town, and he just happened to be stay here tonight. He down at the hotel here in town. Why didn't he? I mean, like really weird. I mean, there's all kinds of cities just south of here in New Mexico. He said he came out of Texas, heading back home, and they're going to go through Aspen before going back home up north. And. Uh, but he stayed at the hotel here, and he just happened, this is God, just happened to notice my YouTube channel. Hey, Preacher John's in Trinidad. Let me call him, because my phone number's on my website. And so uh, people can reach out to me. And, uh, uh, and so after I got, and then I called him, I got, off, I got off the phone, and the Lord said, you see, I brought somebody down from Wyoming to give you a ride to the truck stop. So you got two rides, John. I said, wow, well, I have two rides. I got a ride at noon, and I'm going to ask Josh. He doesn't know that yet, but I'm telling you, in pre prelude, he might not be able to give me a ride. I don't know that. He might be in a vehicle that can't hold my gear. I don't know that, but I've been in all kinds of vehicles with this big banner. But I thought that was interesting. thought I'd bring that up. And uh, All right, so let me get started here. So, And Finding Disciples is the Sunday prayer letter for today. It's in Acts 21. Today is Part 5, Thursday, Acts 21, 15 through 26. And I'm going to kind of go through that. Today's sermon is titled, An Old Disciple, An Old Disciple. And uh, I'll talk about that in just a moment. But that's the title of our sermon today, An Old Disciple. All right. So verse 15, Acts 21, the King James Bible. And after those days, we took up our carriages and went up to Jerusalem. There went with us also certain of the disciples of Caesarea, and brought with them one Mason of Cyprus, an old disciple of whom we should lodge. And I want to, I'll talk as I go along here. Uh, an old disciple, not just uh, physically old, but old in the way. Uh, I'm, I'm supposing, because of his age, that he's been in the way of the Lord, the law of the Lord, all his life. And he's been serving, been a disciple of Moses at that time, I guess you could say. And then now, he's a disciple of Christ. He believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. He, you can also say maybe Mason was waiting for the Messiah because he read it through all the scriptures. I'm just, you know, I'm just guessing at some of this stuff. But there's a reason why God highlighted him, him gave him his, or his name. Oh, there's his name. And 
a lot about them. Just an old disciple tells you a voluminous volumes of who this man is. And then having his, an old disciple, having his name Mason, where he's from, Cyprus, and he's in the Word of God in the New Testament. So there's four points of interest that people may just breeze right through it and not even see it. And I'm highlighting this gentleman, Mason, an old disciple. And so my question to you is, if you're young right now and you're in the Lord, are you going to be an old disciple or are you going to be one who falls away? You know, I'm an old disciple. I'm physically old, but I'm also old in the Lord, right? Old in the Lord, but fall, I'm in the way a long, long time. And I'm also old physically. And so I can also be called, this is John, from Boulder, an old disciple. <laughs> you know, that's me, right? And I'm not quitting. I won't be one. Well, there's one that uh, who bit the dust, right? What's that song about? Another one bites the dust? Yeah, that's a real thing in life. A lot of people quit. Quit, 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 quit. <laughs> that's Shannon over there. <laughs> I wanted to get her phone number because I thought maybe I kept her rivalry. Maybe she'll come by in a couple hours. But uh, she saw me again. How about that? Her eyes are open, right? How many people go by me, their eyes are closed, they can't see Jesus, they can't see the big old sign, big 10-foot banner, top of my banner is 10-foot, has Jesus Christ, great big letters. I mean, probably, I don't know, you know, a foot tall, each letter, I don't know, something like that. But uh, an old disciple. So ask yourself, am I gonna be an old disciple? Or am I gonna be one that goes back into the world? You know, I don't know, it's up to you and God. It's not up to God, God already wants you to stay but it's up to you. You have a free will. You can choose whatever you want. Just like you can choose to take some of your time and split it up and say, oh, I'm going to take that half hour instead of going for lunch uh, on a Wednesday, for example, just picking that out of the air. Uh, on Wednesdays, every Wednesday from now on, I'm going to take my lunch hour and I'm going to take 45 minutes of that lunch hour so I can go out down the street or around the block or somewhere where I'm not really seen by my employer because he might not like it. And I'm going to uh, witness to people, or I'm going to pray, or I'm going to lift up my voice, or I'm going to do something. I don't know, ask God, which, and do something. And do that once a month, like once a month, for 45 minutes during the lunch hour, right? Instead of going feeding your face, can't you fast for one at one time a month and serve the Lord during that time? I mean, it's just an idea, just an idea. So far, I've said that many, many times, and nobody can do it yet, not around where I live. Every lunch hour, I'm on the street, but no one comes out during the lunch hour. I've had people here in Trinidad, not this year, but last year, uh, who said, God bless you, brother. I like to do that, too. And, I, and they're walking over to Kentucky Fried Chicken, Taco Bell. I think they parked here. I don't know. They were in, the, uh, in here. This is last year, I think, maybe the year before, sometime. Uh, but it's happened several times. And I said, why don't you preach out here? In fact, it's happened in Golden, too. It's happened several times. In other words, let's just say this. It's happened many times. Uh, they want to. They don't want to take their lunch. Oh, I got to eat. It's happened up in Boulder many times, and so far no one has taken me up on that offer. They want to eat. I got to eat. Fine, go eat. And you ask God for some. He says, "Well, I got to go eat too." Sorry, I got to. I got to go eat. That's what God could say to you. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't need to eat, but he could say that. So that, I got to go. I'm, I got to go eat. I can't help you, sorry. I gotta go eat, right? It's just up to you, man. I'm just bringing these things up to your understanding. 
So you can kind of look at it and ask yourself, am I that kind of person who never takes a lunchtime and sacrifices just one time? It's more blessed to give than to receive. Do I have to receive the food every day, week after week, month after month? Can I give up my food for one day for 45 minutes and go out and serve the Lord somehow? Pray for my city? March around the building where I work? In prayer, people think I'm exercising, but I'm interceding in the Holy Ghost for my work employees. There's all kinds of things you can do. I'm trying to get people to wake up, wake up, wake up. There's work to do. The sun's a shining, right? That sun's gonna go out one day and you're not gonna be able to go work. And you're gonna wish, wow, how come I didn't work? How come I didn't do something? Hang on a second. Checking my camera, make sure it's still on because it's in the sun, but the sun's kind of cool today. All right, so that's an old disciple. Let's go to the next verse. And when we had come to Jerusalem, the brother received us gladly. And the day following, Paul went in with us unto James. Right? Apostle James. And all the elders were present. Wow, isn't that amazing? Can you imagine sitting down with all the apostles and the elders of the original uh, uh, Christian church in Jerusalem, Jerusalem church? Man, wouldn't that be something in heaven? Sitting and listening to these guys talk. Yeah, we remember when I could just hear the stories. It's just going to be great. We're going to be able to do this one day because Paul did it. Not just here, he's doing it right now. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? All right. With all the elders were present, verse 19. And when we had saluted them, he, de he declared particularly what things God had wrought among the Gentiles by his ministry. So, Paul was describing to all the elders all the things that he did. Now I want to highlight just a couple words here real quick. His ministry. He's talking about Paul's ministry, his own ministry. People get mad at me if I say, uh, in my ministry. I get, I get rebuked for that sometimes. I said, okay, so it's the Lord's ministry. But, I mean, you know, I mean people, <laughs> people choose the silliest things to get mad over, but that's what they do, right? They, they major, they spend all their time in the little tiny things that mean literally, literally nothing to salvation. I'm not going to lose my salvation because I said my ministry rather than Christ's ministry. I'm not going to lose my salvation over that. So why are you rebuking me? Right? That's the kind of things I get. I'm just bringing that up because a lot of people don't know that. Because they're not on the street. They're not on the street. So they don't see things like that. They, they, they don't hear that in church. They'll never hear that in church. Right? That's why it's so great to be out here on the street. All right. And when he saluted them, declared particularly what things God had wrought among the Gentiles by his ministry. Right. Verse 20. And when they heard it, they glorified the Lord. Hallelujah. And said unto Paul, thou, thou seest, brother, how many thousands of Jews that are which believe. And they are all zealous of the Lord. That's what they were telling him, look at all the thousands and thousands of Jews who now believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, who believe on the coming Messiah. The Messiah has come, right? And they're all zealous for the law. They're all excited. They're all in the Word of God, studying the Word of God, seeing how the Messiah was prophesied all throughout the Old Testament, all throughout the Torah and all that other names that they have for the books through the laws and the prophets and psalms, like Jesus said, the laws and the prophets and psalms, something like that. And uh, they're seeing all that. The Holy Ghost is revealing all this stuff to them, and they're getting excited. They're zealous for studying the Word of God. And that's what a Christian should do, get others excited about studying the Word of God. Well, that sun's getting hot now. Uh, 
What am I, what am I gonna do here? Uh, this phone, I don't want it to cut off. Uh, what am I gonna do here? Hang on. I wish there was a way to find out how hot this thing is, but there's no meter to tell you how hot it is. Let's just keep going here. <clears throat> and when they heard it, they glorified the Lord. They glorified the Lord and said unto him, Thou seest, brother, how many thousands of Jews that are which believe, and they are zealous of the law. God bless you, man. <laughs> Good morning. And they are all informed of thee. We've been talking about Paul. That's right. They're, they have been praying. If they were talking about Paul, that means they were praying for Paul. They were praying for him. They were praying for him. They, they, Paul was on their mind because Paul was out there in the Gentile territory, out in the region, way out there, kind of like me, out here on the street, way over there in Trinidad. I live in Boulder, right? Praise God. Thou see, okay, let me go down here. And they informed them of the rich teachings. Let me, verse 21. And they are informed of thee that thou teachest all the Jews which are among the Gentiles to forsake Moses, saying, now listen to this. You got to get this part real, kind of listen to hear what I'm trying to say here. All right. That thou informed thee that thou teachest, Paul teaches all the Jews which are among the Gentiles. <clears throat> so he's teaching the Gentiles too, the Greeks to forsake Moses, saying that they ought not to circumcise their children, neither to walk after the customs of Moses, right? Right? Okay, I'm gonna stop right there just for a second. So, he was teaching them, because you become a Christian, you don't do the laws anymore. The laws pointed to Christ, you know? You don't do any of that stuff anymore. We don't need to circumcise anymore. If, you know, unless you want to, they say it's a health health deal. But you do what there's good. They're going to tell you what to do. There's a lot of freedom now that we have because once the law ended, after the law ended, then we went into grace, right? And in that grace, we have a lot of freedom of movement, freedom of movement. But the challenge with that is in that freedom of movement, you sin. That's the problem. That's the problem. And they think, well, I'm not in trouble. God didn't strike me uh, with a bolt in the light. No, nobody threw a rock at me. I must be okay with my sin. See, that's the problem with grace. And then people get so far out in the grace, they, there's a thing they call hyper grace. I mean, they exalt grace so much. One person, I heard one person, great big preacher say, that grace is the mother of God. What? I mean, that's hyper grace. I mean, they get so far out there and they, it's like they have to backpedal to get back to where the word, God, the word of God says about grace. Anyway, that's enough there. I don't want to go anymore. I'm trying to go fast here. Not to circumcise their children, either to walk after the customs. Uh, verse 22. What is it, therefore? The multitude must needs come together. They will hear. Okay. The multitude is to come together. They will hear that thou art come. So the multitude is going to come because they're all hearing that Paul's in town. Paul's in town and all of his traveling companions. Luke is here also, who wrote the book of Luke, wrote Acts. I mean, everybody's here. I mean, it's like a heyday, man. This is like, wow, all the big wigs are in town. You know, wow, let's, let's do, that's what we're gonna have in heaven. All the big wigs are gonna be in heaven and we're gonna be there too. That's why you wanna be an old disciple. You wanna be an old disciple. You wanna tarry through, you wanna wait, you wanna go through, you wanna endure all the way to the end, right? I mean, hang on. Um, well, I'm concerned about my phone here. Let's keep going. Maybe it won't shut off. Uh, how hot is it? It's getting pretty hot. 
Hang on a second, okay? Hang on. I got to do this. I'm going to finish this sermon. Hang on. I'm going to do this while the camera's running, I think. I may cut it out. I don't know that. But I got to cover the camera because it's going to go off. I already know that. How's that? Let me let me do this here. Let me uh, turn around here. Hang on, everybody. How's that? All right. Well, there you go. <laughs> See, this is the perils of street preaching. A lot of people think, oh, it's just a piece of cake. <laughs> you just come out here, you click on the camera, and then you lift a banner, and everything's fine, everything's perfect. It's not perfect. You have to work through the problems. Like, I gotta make sure my phone, because the sun is down pretty low. This is a little earlier than I normally do. But I gotta cover the. Are you okay? <laughs> All right. I'll leave this on the, on the sermon here because a lot of people. Let me take my glasses off now because I can't do two things at once. So I got this. I only have two hands. All right. All right. So let me go back in here. All right. Where are we? Are you there? Uh, this should be cool to keep the camera cool. All right. <clears throat> okay, let's go back into uh, uh, do there, verse 23. Do therefore this that we say to thee. We have four men. Now listen to this. Which, we have four men which have a vow on them. Vow, V-O-W. Them take and purify thyself with them and be at charges with them and that they may shave their heads. All right, let me stop right there. So there's four men who have a vow and they're going to uh, bring Paul with them, all right? Uh, and they're gonna shave their heads. That's one of the Old Testament things that people do. Sometimes they shave their beard or cut their beard or shave their head or grow their, I mean, like I'm growing my beard because I have a vow uh, of breakthrough unto the Lord. That's why the beard, that's not because of cosmetics. I know a lot of people, have all kinds of different facial hairs and it's all to look cool. I don't need a beard to look cool. Jesus Christ makes me look cool, all right? I don't need a beard, I don't need mustaches, I don't need anything, I don't just need Jesus, all right? Shave their heads. And they may know that those things whereof they were informed concerning thee are nothing but that they themselves also walk disorderly and keep us the law. So here in Jerusalem, uh, the Jews still have to keep some portions of the law apparently that's what it looks like but not all the different pieces just some of it and they don't go into a lot of detail because most of the people uh, are in the world are gentiles the vast majority are gentiles and none of the gentiles have to obey any of these jewish laws and i'm trying to highlight that because too many christians are teaching that they have to also um they have to also uh, <laughs> do these things right Anyways, concerning thee that walkest orderly and keepest thy law. Verse 25, as touching the Gentiles which believe, well, we have written and concluded that they observe no such thing. Right? No such thing. That's what it says, right? Don't observe no such thing. They don't need to do this. The Gentile, the Greek. Uh, we have written, concluded that they observe no such thing, save only, except these things here, that they keep themselves from things offered unto idols, 
Keep those things offered to idols. You can't do that. No other God before me. And from blood, can't drink blood. You can't have blood in your, you know, no blood sausage. <laughs> and from strangled, and from, from strangled meat, and from fornication, right? You're supposed to abstain from all, as Gentiles, Greeks, you have to abstain from all those things, right? Can't do those things. And why do Christians do that? I don't know. Uh, then Paul took them in, and the next day purifying himself with them. Purify himself with them. How's that? Oh, man, this thing's getting heavy. Let me turn around. Hang on, everybody. The wind's against me, too. All right. Where are you now? Let me do this. Hang on. <laughs> All right. You're still there? I got to cover this sign. Oh, there it is. All right. I just got to cover this camera because it will shut off. It just does. All right. Let me go back to this verse here. Then Paul took them in, these four men that had vows, right? And the next day purifying himself, Paul purified himself with them, with the four men. And the reason why is, and then they entered the temple, and when they entered the temple, they signified the accomplishment of the days of purification, right? The days of, now, how are Gentiles purified? By the Holy Ghost. That's the sanctification of the Holy Ghost. We are purified by the Holy Ghost. That's our sanctification. That's why it's important. Getting dunked in the bathtub or in a pool or something doesn't sanctify you. It just, it's just a symbol of you dying in Christ and being resurrected in Christ. That's all it is, but we can, we're supposed to do that. That's one of the ordinances along with the Lord's Supper, right? But this is the sanctification, the purification that Gentiles do is in the Holy Ghost, right? That's why we're baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and then baptized with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Hope that makes sense. To signify the accomplishment of the days of purification until that, until that an offering should be offered for every one of them. All right. So not, let me set this down. So an offering could not be offered until they have purification. That's similar to where Paul, where we are told that if we have unforgiveness towards our brother, we're to go to them first before giving the offering and ask forgiveness so in a sense that forgiveness is like a purification that puts you at, you know that helps you and your brother for example and uh, same way with God we ask forgiveness from God and the Holy Ghost cleanses us so purification is really important and I wash in the blood of the lamb every day I cover myself in the blood of the lamb I also wash in the word of God the word of God is like our wash we wash in the word of God by the Holy Ghost amen let's pray so I think Josh is here Lord, I thank you that uh, we can come out to the street, and I hope, Lord, that the camera's still running. It's not shut off yet. And I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing here now in the sermon, uh, an old disciple. Uh, <laughs> kind of reminds me of me. I thank you, Lord, that all of us will be one day old disciples should you tarry. Uh, if you don't tarry, that's fine. We're ready now, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. All right, man, I'm going to lay this down and uh, do something else. Talk to you later, man. I love you. Bye. All right, good morning again. This is Preacher John. I'm out here at the Trinidad truck stop, Trinidad fuel stop right behind me there. And uh, this is the intersection or the uh, roundabout that comes off of Interstate 25. Is that what it is? Yeah, 25. Right behind me there is 25. And so I just left the corner this morning with Josh uh, from Montana. And uh, we're down there preaching at the roundabout there by the Colorado Welcome Center. And now he just dropped me off here 
And uh, this is where I'll preach for another two hours. Uh, about two o'clock, 2.05, the bus is supposed to be here or show up or whatever. I'm not sure exactly how they do that. But uh, he'll come right up out of here and uh, turn right there in front of me. And then I'll walk over there. I'll walk over there and I'll get on the bus. So I'm using every minute I have to minister here in uh, Trinidad. And then we'll do what I can. So I've, we've passed out a lot of tracks. We've prayed for a lot of people there at the roundabout down there by the Colorado Welcome Center. And now we're here. So I'm gonna add this to the video that I did this morning. And so there'll be a part two. <laughs> All right, so uh, talk to you a little bit or later. Bye-bye, <laughs> love you.